This is the Be Plucky Podcast, and I'm your host, Jen Derry. On this podcast, we have career conversations that help us find our way. And in today's episode, we are talking specifically about power and negotiation. Mentors can be anywhere, as you well know, sometimes in official capacities and sometimes not. But today, they're on this podcast. So put your headphones in, prep your laundry to be folded, and get ready to listen. For the next few minutes, let's be the best kind of people, the ones who admit they don't know everything. Here we go. Today, I am honored to welcome Mari Shamoon. Born and raised in Puerto Rico, Mari lives in Austin, Texas, where she is raising a kid with her partner. Mari is COO and partner at FunSize, a digital service and product design agency where she leads operations and sales. And I'll just add that every day she's closing deals, which is why I invited her. Welcome, Mari. Thanks for inviting me. (laughs) When I think about the concept of power and negotiation, you come zinging right into the front of my (laughs) mind, partially about your job, but partially about your approach to your job. So for everyone listening, I asked Maddie to mentor us on this topic because she uses negotiation and power daily in her current role. So Maddie, maybe you can start by telling us what's your job right this moment and how does negotiation show up for you? So uh, my official title, (laughs) for lack of a a better intro to what I do, is uh, COO and head of accounts. I work at FunSize and we're definitely on the smaller side of the agency world. So I get to wear a lot of hats, but in a nutshell, uh, I'm in charge of operations, finance, uh, account management, and and sales and lead sales for, for FunSize. And that's like a lot of money stuff. A lot of money stuff and uh, to to the topic, a lot of negotiations everywhere. <laughs> like how many times a day do you have to negotiate something? If you had to guess, is it every day? Is it once a Oh week? yeah, for sure. Every day. It might not be on the same category or on the same role that I'm playing at the time, right? Yeah. Depending on it, but definitely uh, negotiating all the time. Yeah. Okay, so can you just give us a couple examples of the most recent negotiations you had to do? You do not have to tell us money or numbers or anything, but like what's some examples of how you need to negotiate as COO? So obviously on the sales side, I think it's it's the most common thing, right? Like uh, contracts and rates and, you know, how long, what, how big is the team? So that one, I feel like in, in general, it's pretty standard. Um, the negotiating that it's might be a little bit different um, than other people is uh, fun size is a very design centric agency. And so part of my job is to marry what the design organization or the design department needs and wants based on the playbooks on their approach to how this is how we do product design um, or what we, or how we would like to tackle a project with our clients and what they, their needs are, right? So mm-hmm. just making sure negotiating for both ends just to make sure that our 
department and our designers and our people get what they need in order to be the best that they can be at their job, but then also check all of the boxes on our client side on the financial, the timing, what type of engagement, um, because, you know, procurement doesn't really understand product design, but they do have to check their boxes. So mm -hmm. I'm always having to negotiate and get creative on how that works so that both teams can have what they need. Um, so I would say like that, that, that part is, is the most interesting. Obviously there's a negotiating on account management and changing resources and all of that, but that, that I think it's my favorite part of the job. Is it always about price? Do you find that negotiation is like the client always wants it to be cheaper? I mean, that's definitely part of it, but it's also about checking boxes and how they engage, right? Like for us, our preference is to be able to have as much flexibility as possible to work in a product the way that the product needs to go. So when you mentioned retainer to somebody mm -hmm. or particularly a, a new client, they're like, what am I getting? And I'm like, I'm not writing what you're getting. I'm giving you the best team to get to where you need to be, right? Yeah. So negotiating that and and then understanding is definitely something that um, takes takes some work. I mean, it sounds like part of what's, I don't know, fundamental to negotiation for you is communication. Like being oh, yeah. and empathy. as explicit you can and empathy. How does empathy work? Well, I mean, you have to understand where everybody else else is coming from, right? Like I definitely have to balance our design team's needs, right? I have to balance our clients' needs. And then because that's part of my job, I have to balance the financial aspect of it. So it's always trying to balance, prioritize, and empathize with each one because everybody's going to be fighting for what they need and what they want. And that's their job. And mm -hmm. so my job on the negotiating side of things is, is a mediator in a way to make sure that, you know, what's important, what is it that you want, what is negotiable, what's not, and sort of like puzzle it all together. I think that as a coach, I talk to a lot of people about negotiation when it comes to salary, obviously, or they're interviewing and they've got a couple of job offers and they need to figure out how to play those against each other. And I appreciate very much your note on empathy because sometimes empathy reads as weak. Like, oh, if I give them space to even have any feelings then I lose or I lose my ground or I'm too slippery and I won't get what I want. But it occurs to me as you're talking that actually empathy can be a tool if you are asking for something. How does that look? Like, what does empathy give you? Well, I mean, I need to understand where they're coming from, where they're coming from, right? I might not have all the views or all of the information that they have or that they're dealing with to make these types of decisions. And so the more I understand, the more I can figure out solutions for it, right? And negotiate for it. Like, okay, I understand that you need to stay within this budget, or I understand that you need to have something to present to the board for them to approve this cost, right? Like it can't be so open, right? So I'm like, okay. Okay, cool. So that's what you need. You don't necessarily need for me to dictate all the deliverables from the beginning, but you do need to present something. And so that's when you allow the negotiating or the relationship to get creative because you understand and have had have taken the time to have this conversation and see where they're coming from. They might be up for a promotion. They might be looking for another job. They might be, you know, pitching a, a certain thing down the road that you need to understand in order to uh, 
provide or like give them comfort like this is okay yes that's great but this is not going to um, deter from that or it's actually going to help you or like let's build it as part of this retainer like I'm going to make sure that you have that skill set whatever it is right Um, in order to give them what they need and having that conversation is is just crucial for me. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you need to understand the ecosystem you're negotiating in, in terms of, is this person, like, does the buck stop with them or who is behind them that they're representing? So you allude to board or, you know, potentially C-suite or other people who are making that decision. And yeah, I mean, understanding the landscape, it's like the housing market. (laughs) If there's a million houses and they're all in competition, you can talk differently than if there's one house for sale. And like, you know, if it's, you're in the Bay Area and there's one broken house for sale and 9,000 people want it. You know, it's a very different position of power, I guess. For oh, yeah. Getting what you want. Um, is th- Are there any phrases or is there any language that you like to use when you are negotiating, be that with a client or maybe hiring someone or, I don't know, working with vendors? Are there any questions or language that you think are helpful? Aside from the basic of like budget and timing, I don't necessarily have one specific thing. I typically tend to just listen to where they are or what they're sharing and kind of dig into from there because I think everybody's different. I mean, we all have different personalities. We all present information in different ways. We all learn differently. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there's like a magic question or a magic phrase that I use for everybody. Um, aside from just like just gathering the normal information that that they need to be honest yeah I mean if there was a question someone would have written a blog post and we'd all be fine and I don't think there's a a bad thing of having a formula that might work for some people and you know if you're if you're not in a high volume agency or or something like that where you need to like close 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 and you're okay with like uh the the costs or or of losing whatever that's different but I I think I'm in a very unique and um I'm very happy to be in this position that I am allowed to in a way cater to people's needs specifically and I am allowed to have those types of conversations even though they might take a little longer yeah how do you celebrate a win it depends on the win. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say it's like a great deal and fun size is going to just slay it. So, I mean, typically when it's like a, a great deal and that could be because it's a client that we've been, you know, wanting for so long, it might not be financially like the most lucrative deal. Um, or it's sort of like a project that our team is super excited about. Um I, I celebrate with uh with Anthony typically and Natalie and just have a drink sometimes that could be virtual or in person. Um, but then also like celebrate the team because I think that they have like 90% <laughs> of the credit with the work that they do and it makes my job easier. So I just make sure to either take the person out to lunch or mm-hmm. um, give them praise on Slack um, or just like let everybody know like this is a... Is, am I allowed to say? Um, oh, yes. Okay. This is a fucking big deal, dude. And this is why, <laughs> right? Like, and this is a big deal because of yada yada. Thank y'all because, you know, I've been working on this for like five years or whatever. So yeah. I just, just, just giving props to the people that deserve it. Like, I know I don't do it alone. Um, I orchestrate a lot of it and that's my job. But I, I think it's important to celebrate with the right people. 
Oh, that's so good. So well said. Okay, so let's like take this template of negotiation and if we evolve it a little bit to imagine um, something that isn't client-based. So maybe it's people on a team and somebody gets to make the call on a project. You, one person gets to say the deadline can move or not. What do you do or what would your counsel be here if you don't agree with the decision that was made? I tend to come to the table with why I don't agree. I just, I very rarely try, like I obviously, I, I, we all get emotional, right? And and I am not great at poker face. Like when I'm pissed, people will know. Or when I'm not happy, <laughs> they'll know. And I don't intend to hide it either. Um, but what I do try to do is not let that cloud my judgment and also not, not, um, let that lose the empathy of like why that other person is coming to the table with that. So I really do try to come with like logical um, reasoning behind why I'm recommending or why I'm proposing this or whatever. But then with an open mind of like understanding that I might not be seeing the same things, right? I always look at things from from my lens um, on the financial side, on the account management side, on the relationship side. But there are things that I don't know, like specifically to my case at fund size on the design side or what that means for a product designer's growth or right. um, or skill set that they're trying to uh, uh, grow in or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. So when I like it's successful for me to like understand like what where this other person is coming from and why am I coming from and then together prioritize and decide what's more important in this case right is it your view my yeah. view a combination of both or or whatever yeah it seems to me that like I'll say the loss there but if you don't agree with the decision that was made Sometimes it's helpful to think about like short-term losses versus medium or long-term losses. You know, there's this whole military metaphor of like, you lose the battle, but not the war. You know, there's these short-term versus longer-term things. And sometimes I personally, I feel like that's more helpful, but I can't tell if I'm just silver lining. No, my life and, it is. You know? <laughs> it is like, I'm, I'm very, very prone to pick and choose your battles uh, my, my goal is to win the war. Yes. That's, that's my goal, right? Like, <laughs> and, and, uh, and I love that metaphor because of that, like I pick and choose my battles and like, I, I'm like the way that my brain works and the way that my personality works. It's like, if I'm going to lose this, I already have a plan B, C, and D uh, to make sure <laughs> <laughs> that I'm going to win the war. Right. Like oh. uh, that, that's how I work <laughs> personally. Uh, uh, and, and on work too, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to prepare because you know, I, I trust my gut a lot, not just like yeah. my logistics, but my gut. And when I know something's going to blow, I sometimes embrace it. I lost this battle, but I'm not going to lose the war. So I need to prepare for when this, this shit blows up. Right. And I need to pick up the pieces. So everybody listening, you should never play Madi in a game. Like <laughs> I can already tell you, she will epically, epically outplan you. Um, <laughs> Okay, that's so good. I'm wondering what is the difference that you found in negotiation or power and the way it shows up in person versus on Zoom where you can see the person versus on the phone? Do you have any observations about that? They're all different games, right? They all have different rules and figuring out how to connect with that person, I think it's key. 
um, most, even, even before, obviously on the pandemic, I'm not going to go into that. Everybody has to figure it out how to do it, you know, distance. But um, for me personally, because most of our clients weren't in Austin anyway, that was something that I had to figure out quickly um, on how to connect, right? Um, obviously, it's it was easier when I was able to at least travel for kickoffs or, you know, maybe present something in person prior because there there's a lot, a lot, a lot that you can get from a lunch and a dinner or a coffee or just like just chatting about the weather or your kids or whatever that yeah. is important to you, right? Like you get a lot. And so that's one thing that I try to at least on the on on calls like or on meetings that are remote, um, try to get at like I, I'm not gonna slack you probably and say, hey, did you get this yada yada? Like, hey, how are you? Are you okay? Like mm -hmm. is your leg whatever? How was your weekend? Like I feel that it's simple and people might think it's salesy, but it's human you're just mm -hmm. like connecting with them and like acknowledging you're important that's you know but and and then you know this is also important but I I want to know how how you are first yeah it's very grounding when you describe right. it like that first I connect with you as a human then we can talk about the business on the plate which is important right and not like if you if I know that this person is short on time or you know back-to-back -back meetings all day I'm not going to spend five minutes of your time like sure. talking about the weather or, yeah. you know, your kid's school or your dog or whatever. But, um, but, but I still want to, I still want to acknowledge that I'm listening to like, Hey, are you okay? Great. I know you're super busy. I know you're on back-to-back -back meetings. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. I'm not going to take too long. This is what I need. Mm -hmm. Is that cool? And then the per depending on the personality, like some people really appreciate that when they're like back-to-back -back or they're, you know, a type where they like, need to solve. And I'm like, okay, great. I can give you 15 minutes back. Thank you so much. That's it. Or, yeah. Hey, do you prefer this be an email or Hey, is it okay if I slack you or text? Like some clients prefer just for me to text them. And like, we've developed our relationship where I have their number and that's okay for them. Like I've gotten permission yeah. to do that yeah. because that's the most efficient way for them to function. Yeah. And you're very direct with that, right? How, yeah. how would you like me to oh, yeah. send this to you? And yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I always ask like, you know, this is typically what I, what I do, but if this is, you know, doesn't work for you, what's your preferred method? I think that goes such a long way for the experience on, on anybody like friends, yes. family, business, whatever, right? Like some friends, they don't want to text back. They want a phone call, but you know, some, yeah. some I'm like, I'm a mom and I'm doing 10,000 things. Text me. I'll text you back in three hours. And that's perfectly fine as well. You know, <laughs> for what it's worth, that is my MO also. <laughs> Like text me, but I might take half a day or two days. We'll see what else. And that's fine. Mind. And that's uh, fine. Yeah. Good to prioritize. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm coaching somebody, you know, we're maybe something comes up about either asking for a raise or asking for more headcount, or it's usually an ask, right? And there can be an intimidation factor with their manager. And one of the questions that I very commonly will throw at them is, what is the other person afraid of? And I think it's so, it really reveals how to not walk into a no immediately. So if you have a boss who um, has access to, let's just say money to give you headcount and you are going to go and ask to double the size of your team, the empathy that you're describing will help me understand what is this person afraid of? Are they seen as a leader in this company who spends money all the time? And therefore they are afraid they'll be seen as somebody who again is 
I'll just say liberal or um, very generous with the headcount stuff. Are they afraid that, you know, you'll make the wrong decision? Do they not have trust there? And so I think that question of fear, even down to personal stuff, right? When I was 13, I finally argued my dad into agreeing that I could get my ears pierced. It took till I was 13, buddy. And I was so pissed because my sister, who's two years younger than me, she got it like a month after me because I paved that freaking way. But I would have like every night in the kitchen after dinner, I would have my arguments. The question underneath, what was my dad afraid of is I was his first kid. And I think he was trying to figure out when do I set a rule and when do I not? And as a parent now, I totally understand that. That's part of like, when can my kid play that video game? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm afraid to say yes. That fear in negotiation, if the other person can call it out or not even say it, but just feel it. Mm, I don't want to make this person feel like a bad parent already, right? That's not how I'm going to get my dad to decide something. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to say, dad, you're such a good dad. I know you'll support me in this effort, you know? And I think that goes along the same lines with managers. Have a sense for what they will be successful at and play your story into that. Yeah. And get, get outside of your box of what you're looking at, right? Because they're balancing a lot more than you probably have access to or know, but you yeah. can sort of like imagine that it's not just about giving you, you know, the headcount for this particular team or this particular project. They, they probably have five others plus reporting to a board or, or, or somebody else or the accounting department or, you know, totally. asking for a pill, they might like, it might be a timing issue where, you know, your counterpart or like your equal and another project already did it and he already offered it. And then, and now you have to be empathetic, like, and if you know, right, that, that information, or you take the time to like, figure that out, you can come up with a plan. Like I need 50, but I know you just yada, yada. So how yeah. about we start with 10, we show this progress. And once we meet this milestone, then maybe we can, you know, ask for the other 40 or like, let's ask for 20 more at that time. And and so it might not be as quick as we want mm -hmm. to, because I would love to do this by December, but uh, I need to get it done, whether it is December or maybe yeah. June or next year. So let's, let's shoot for that and like be realistic with yeah. your situation. And I can appreciate where you're coming from, right? Or I can appreciate your situation and yeah, totally. That's really savvy. How do you know when it's time to walk away? When the communication starts going in circles. I mean, it's like the definition of insanity, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> It's, it's kind of like you're trying the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result and it's yes. just not working. So it, it's, it's sometimes either best to just like leave the conversation and not come back because you just figured out in that time that there's just no reasoning with that person. And so am I really going to get what we need? Is this going to be successful? Like I rather lose that battle than the war, like in general, this might not be the right client. This might not be the right yeah. fit. Um, it's, it just doesn't make any sense. And it might be hurtful in the short term for, for some reason, because somebody's going to be on the bench longer because you're yeah. not going to meet yeah. the numbers or whatever it is. But, but in the, in the long run is going to be way, way better for everybody involved because you're going to, at the end, be setting up your team not for success, right? Like you're mm -hmm. not going to set them up for success. You're going to, they're going to go in a relationship that's going to just going to bring in more problems at the end. So that's, that's typically when I tend to walk away when there's, when, when I don't see that the other person is willing to have conversations or mid in the middle, or like even be respectful towards you. Mm -hmm. In my pre-plucky life, I worked at an agency and I 
will never forget there was this client who they were good-ish until they weren't and then they were good and then they were bad and then they were very bad and <laughs> this went on for a while and I think the the positive baggage because they had been good-ish for a while it really it kept their staying power kept us in the game for a little while longer but anyway I will never forget there was a meeting in the conference room all hands everybody came and the CEO told us that he fired that client and people cheered Mari. It was like That's a awesome. pep rally <laughs> yeah. and everybody's like clapping and hitting each other in the back. Like, yeah, yeah. And it was like, you know, it was like slaying a dragon. And so sometimes that negotiation, the win is to say no and to right. walk. And it might be like, you know, financially, I don't know, maybe bonuses are going to be less or whatever, but like what you gain there with like your team and the support and having them oh, feel yeah. like this person has my back. They truly have, like they're put, they truly put their money where their mouth is. Like this is cultural. Yes. This is, these, these are our, you know, um, uh, the, the things that, that we, that we value that that's a win. Like, I don't care. Like, however you look at it, like that's, that's a, that's a fucking win. <laughs> Totally. I, this is a whole thing in client services, right? Is that sometimes the highest leadership are so afraid of losing a client. And so that line of what's respectful or what's appropriate keeps slipping because probably because people really like to be liked and particularly yeah. folks that serve clients want the clients to like them. And I say this really empathetically. I feel sure that there's some version of this in, in my work too, but uh, I can see it, you know, I work with a lot of digital agencies and I can see it. And the problem is that there's a moment where your staff understands that you care more about being liked by someone exterior than the folks interior. And at that moment, it's really hard to stay at that job <laughs> because you kind of know you're, you're not ever going to win. Right. Um, and so for any leaders listening to this, I would just really encourage you to make sure that you're not only trying to um, look good or be friendly with a client. Sometimes you got to walk and that's the power move. Like you were just describing money. It is. And, and you know, that, that tends, that's something that I think you balance all the time. Like, mm. obviously I see a lot of things that it, others at the company don't get, you know, the same you know, information or vision or whatever. It's not, it's, it's not something that's in the radar because it's not part of the roles or responsibilities. So I I've also been trying to get better at giving them a glimpse, right. Of like, why uh, is it that, you know, I'm making this decision. It's, it's not that I don't support you or that I don't think that this is the best client, but at this very moment, I'm not just looking at you. I'm looking at the other 25 people on your team. I'm looking at what's coming ahead. I see yes. a pipeline. I see like, and so, but, but they don't know, like you, you just like, it, it's, it's human nature. You, you assume that, you know, they don't like me. They don't want me. They don't respect me, like whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. So when, whenever you take the time, but because it takes time, right. Mm -hmm. Of course, <laughs> uh, to have these types of conversations, like, do you have questions? Ask me, I'm happy to share why, you know, yes. this is yes. the way that it is. Or like even set expectations. Like, I know this sucks at the moment. We're working on this. This is what we're doing. It might take long. And sometimes things change. And you said four weeks and it's really going to take eight. Go back and say, going to take eight. Reset expectations, right? Like those types of relationships you have to um, eh, 
it, it goes both ways, right? Like you, you mm -hmm. have to, you have to keep informing them. You have to keep like, have them inform you back. They might, you know, be like, actually this was, this was the blocker. I, I actually feel better. It's fine. I, I can do 16 more weeks. I'm like, great. You know, like, and then again, you're negotiating again because you're empathetic to a situation and it, it's yeah. not meant to be negotiating. Right. But it is kind of like, we're in this together. This is what I'm seeing. What are you seeing? And then where can we, how can we make this work? I mean, in that way, you're kind of redefining negotiation as a collaborative conversation. But it is. That's that's what negotiating right. is. It's it's collaborating. It's like everybody has to feel like a winner in order for this to work. So real. Okay, two last questions. The first is, does being a woman ever play into this dynamic for you? I typically try not to let that thought go in my head I am sure it does and there yeah. are occasions or situations where I'm speaking to people that make that very evident and that's when I you can't turn a blind eye right mm -hmm. like even mm -hmm. though you try but I really try to go into the conversations like it's very common that I am the only woman in a you know table or a conversation full of men yeah. uh, on the on the on the client side or or whatever I very rarely like that's the first thing that comes into my mind because I I like if I project it they'll feel it and I don't want yeah. that to be that right like yeah. I I have I'm same as you right yes um but there are certain situations where you know like I work a lot with Anthony who is a male yeah. and you know I can say something and I've you know been in situations where five minutes later he says the same thing because he notices like he supports and they're like that's a great idea uh, or like this yeah. is awesome but the way that I look at it it's kind of like again I'm here to win the war so if I know yeah. that's a tool that I can use I'm like hey Anthony can you reach out to so and so and like do this or can you say this Smart. or can you help me with that and it's kind of like at the end I don't give, yeah. you know, shit, if you like me or not, like I, this is what I need for, you know, the business yeah. or my team is super excited about this project or whatever it is. Let's get it done. Cause you're not going to be my day to day. You're not going to be my mm -hmm. stakeholder. It's just a challenge that I need to get through. Mari Shamoon, get it done. <laughs> that, that should be your, if, should, should you ever run for politics, which you totally <laughs> should. You would negotiate the hell out of Congress. Hell no, no politics for me ever. <laughs> that, that could be your t-shirt. Okay, my last question is the tradition on this podcast so far. What does being plucky mean to you? The two two things, tenacious and resourceful. Like that to me is is what defines being plucky or like the way that I think about it when when I see it. Are you plucky? Oh yeah. Hell yeah. I, I wouldn't be oh, at this yeah. job if I wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. All right. Everyone, if you want to connect with Mari or check out any job openings at Fun Size, I'm going to put all those links in the show notes. And for you listeners, thank you so much for listening. And we both wish you uh, very strong negotiations this week. May the mentorship power be with you. If you're looking for tools to help you either be a mentor or get mentored, you might want to consider Plucky's mentor pack. And I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes too. Until we see each other again, folks, be well and be Plucky.